0: I'm excited to tell you that uh, next year in the spring, we're going to be taking a missions trip to India and work with these missionaries. Won't that be exciting? Amen. Hopefully, you will want to be a part of it. Amen. Well, stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Well, the devil's been fighting from word go this morning, but he's defeated, he's a loser. And I ain't no rookie. So we're going to get control of this thing right now. Amen? And God is going to do an incredible thing in this place today. Amen. Turn with me in the book of Mark, chapter number 2 this morning. The book of Mark, chapter number 2. A very familiar passage of Scripture. One i preached on several times. If you write in your Bible, it's got my name by it, but it's a different message But I'm excited about the word that the Lord has given to me for today. Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2. King James, Virgin, i never seen it on this wise, crazy day, but it's going to be all right, amen? Amen. Mark 2, verse 1, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he, Jesus, was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, no, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to this paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or simply to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? That you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Father, we just pray today, Father, that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. Father, I pray that you'll give us ears upon our heart today, that we may hear, Father, not the sermon that has been put together today, but, God, the message from the very heart of God, that we will hear it ringing loud and clear today, and we will respond to the message, and we will respond to the challenge, Father. All for your glory we ask in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, I cannot speak for all of you here today, but, but as for me, I want to be part of something great. I don't know about you this morning, but I want my life to count for something. I don't know about you today, but I want to invest in some things that that will continue to perpetuate themselves long after I am gone. don't know about you this morning, but I'm not content to just survive. I'm not just content that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I want more than the American dream. I want to be a part of God's dream. I said I want want more than the American dream, but I want to be a part of God's dream. And his dream is that, is that he is not willing that even one soul should perish, but that, but that all would come to repentance. Listen, friend, that is a God-sized dream. Let me ask you this morning, how about you? Are you content to just rock along in the boat of mediocrity? Are you happy to just put one foot in front of the other, just, just content in marking time, same old, same old? Will you be content to have nothing on your headstone besides the date of your birth and the date of your death? Let me ask you this morning, are you going to be willing to, to, to arrive in heaven empty-handed? Or do you want to be a part of something great? Here's my challenge to you. And remember God's word for our church for 2014. Remember the word of the Lord for us for this year is the word challenge. That 2014 is to be a year of challenge. So here's the challenge of the day. Let's do something great. And let's do something great together. Let me suggest four requirements for doing something great. All four of these can be found in the passage of Scripture that I read just a moment ago. The first requirement is a cause. A cause. If we're going to do something great, we're going to have to have a cause. And verse number three says that they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. So so here we find a man that was... a paralytic. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. He couldn't work. He, he, he no doubt could not take care of himself. No doubt he depended upon his family. He depended upon his friends to do everything for him. I don't know exactly how it happened, but perhaps one day somebody, somebody heard about a miracle worker named Jesus. And perhaps this individual thought to himself, if, if I can only get this paralyzed friend of mine to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus will no doubt heal him. And, and oh, I can just imagine as he began to get very excited thinking about it, oh, now he has a cause to work for. He could be a part of something great. He could play a small part in getting this paralytic to Jesus and knowing that if he could get him into the presence of Jesus, that he would be healed. You see, the first requirement for doing something great is to have a cause. So let me challenge all of us here today with an incredible cause. I'm told, I haven't counted, but I'm told there is somewhere between 6 and 7 billion people living on planet earth right now. And of these 6 or 7 billion people, approximately one half of them have never had an adequate presentation of the gospel. Most of them have never even heard the name Jesus Christ, even one single Let me further describe the cause today. Every 60 seconds, 104 people die on planet Earth. And out of 104 people who die on planet Earth, every single minute of the day, 68 of them go to hell. I don't know about you, but to me, this is totally unacceptable. I want to be a part of something Great. And what could be greater than playing a part in the salvation of a host of these people? To actually play a part in seeing a host of people go to heaven and not spend eternity in hell. To help change their eternal destiny. Oh, what could be greater than that? I don't know about you this morning, but somehow that excites me more Than driving a better car. It excites me more. Than living in a bigger house. It excites me more. Than just having a little better cut of meat. A missionary to China. Was approached by an oil company. To go to work for them. And they offered him. A very large. Salary. The missionary turned them down. And so they offered to double their financial offer, which was an enormous amount of money. Again, the missionary turned down the offer. And they couldn't believe that he would turn down so much money. So they asked the missionary, how much money would it take for you to go to work for us? And the missionary said to the oil execs, it's not about the money. It has nothing to do with the money, he said. He said, it's the job. He said, "Your job is too small." You see, this missionary was a part of something great. Oh, a part of taking the gospel to far away China. Oh, and to him, his cause was far greater than just making a lot of money. In order to be a part of something great, you need four things. Yeah, you need a cause. But number two, you need a cast. You need a cast. Notice verse 3 again. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic. Notice the next phrase. Who was carried by four men. You see, a cause is hopeless without a cast. Someone or several someones have to step up to the plate and take on the cause. In our text today, it was four men. But may I suggest to you this morning that any four able-bodied men could have taken on this cause. May I suggest to you that no superstars were required. No special skills were required. No elite upper echelon type of people were required. The only requirement for this task was a little bit of physical strength and a willingness. 1 Corinthians 1 and 26 says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, uh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. Can I tell you today that any and all of us here this morning have the opportunity to be a part of the cast that God is putting together to help with His cause? And all of us here today have the awesome privilege and opportunity opportunity to be a part of something great. Maybe you have thought in your life, "I'll never be a part of anything." Great! I I don't have uh, the expertise, I don't have the talent, I'm not a superstar, I I don't have a PhD, Uh, I don't have what it takes. I'll never be a part of something great. But I'm telling you today that every single one of us here today have the opportunity of being a part of something great. The opportunity of joining the cast that God will use to bring in the end time harvest. Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, Jesus said, The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. What are we going to do about it? Well, Jesus said, "Then, Then pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What was Jesus saying here? He was saying, You can be a part of something great. He was saying here, there's a great cause, but I need more people in the cast. And the good news is everyone is invited to be a part of the cast. The good news is you do not need any special skills. Uh, uh, The good news is this morning you don't have to be a member of who's who. The good news is that any and all willing people can be a part in bringing other people to Jesus, and then sit there and watch and see Jesus totally revolutionize and totally change their lives. Wow! You talk about being a part of something great, friend. It just doesn't get any better than that. I want to do something great. What will it take? It'll take a cause. It'll take a cast. Number three, it'll take cooperation. Verse three, one more time. It says, then they came to him bringing a paralytic. Notice here who was carried. Say who was carried. They came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried. See, this is what we need to understand this morning. This man could not get to Jesus by himself. There was absolutely no physical way possible that this man could get to where Jesus was. The only way that this man was going to get to where Jesus was. And the only way that this man was going to have the need of his life met was to get into the presence of Jesus. But the only way that was going to happen was that somebody brought him to where Jesus was. Understand that not one, not any one of these four men could accomplish the task alone. I don't know, but probably not even any two of the four men could have gotten the job done. It took all four men working together, cooperating with one another in order to get the job done. And so it is with our cause today. No one can get the job done on their own. We have missionaries sitting before us this morning that have a call upon their life to go to India, one of the darkest places in the world, and preach the gospel. That's the good news. The bad news is they can't get there by themselves. They cannot carry the load all by themselves. The load is just too heavy. They need partners to help carry the load. May I suggest this morning that without cooperation, the lost will go to hell. May I suggest today that without cooperation, the sick will die. Without cooperation, the hungry will not get fed. Oh, let's do something great. Let's do something great together. Let's make a difference in our world. Separately, we can do very little. Individually, ah, oh, we will have little, if any, impact. But together... Together, oh, oh, as a team, pooling our resources, oh, cooperating by picking up our corner and depending upon others to pick up their corner. Oh, through a spirit of cooperation, we can bring the lost, we can bring the hurting, we can bring the needy into the presence of Jesus. And friend, in the presence of Jesus, needs are met and shackles are broken and lives are changed. In order to get three to four billion people in our world who have never heard about Jesus, in order to get them into the presence of Jesus, it will certainly take cooperation. Look with me in the book of Romans chapter 10. The book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Paul says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord... Shall be saved. How then. Shall they call on him. In whom they have not believed. And. How shall they believe in him. Of whom they have not heard. And. How shall they hear. Without a preacher. And how shall they preach. Unless they are here's the good news whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved getting saved doesn't take rocket science you don't have to be a theologian to get saved whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved how easy is that That's the good news. The bad news is, how can they hear? How are they going to hear the gospel? How are they going to hear how much God loved them and oh, what God did for them? How are they going to hear unless they have a preacher? And how is that preacher going to get there and preach? Unless somebody is willing Amen. to send him. Hallelujah. That's where cooperation comes in. Oh, oh! in order for us to accomplish our cause, we need two things. We need goers and we need senders. Somebody to go and somebody to send the goer. Now God has called me to be a sender. Now, people are always trying to make a goer out of me. I get invited all the time. God didn't necessarily call me to be a goer. He called me to be a sender. I go, have gone, will go. But my primary responsibility that God has placed upon me is to be a sender. He's called me to be a sender. He's called me to raise the money so that I can put it in the hands of the goers so they can go. Let me brag on you a little bit. Is that okay? Everybody likes to be bragged on, right? Let me brag on you just a little bit today. There are approximately 12,000. 12,000 Assemblies of God churches in America out of 12,000 churches our church say our church our church, our church is number two hundred and ninety in total missions giving <laughs> Out of 12,000 churches, we gave more to missions than 11,710 other churches. We are a sending church. Over 80 missionaries get a check from us every single month. We've helped buy vehicles for missionaries. We've... We've helped buy sound equipment. We've bought Bibles. Oh, thousands of Bibles. We've bought children's literature. Oh, we've helped build church buildings we've drilled water wells we've fed hungry children we've financed massive crusade crusades we've helped build a bible school and the list and the list goes on and on and on may i tell you that the fingerprints of the grace place can be found all over the world and let me tell you you haven't seen anything yet Title of my message today is Let's Do Something Great. Truth of the matter is we're already doing something great. We're already doing something great. There are at least two to three million people who go to, will go to heaven and not go to hell because of the investment that we have made in missions in the last 11 years. Do not think that the 350 to 400 people who show up here every Sunday morning is the size and the extent of our church. Our church has at least two or three million people in it. We have a global vision. We are a part of something great. Verse 5 says that when, they, when Jesus saw their faith. I don't know if the paralytic had any faith at all. But I know it wasn't just his faith. Jesus looked and he saw the paralytic on the stretcher. But he saw four men, each one, standing on their side of the cot. And when Jesus saw their faith. Thank God for the missionary that is willing to leave house and home and land and family and friends. I applaud them. But I want to tell you, they're not the only missionaries. They're just the goers and we are the senders. Jesus saw a united faith. He saw a cooperating faith. If we're going to do something great, we're going to have to have a cause. And then we're going to have to assemble a cast. Then we're going to have to have some cooperation. And the fourth requirement, if we're going to do something great, commitment. Commitment. Let's let's go back to to our text. Let's go back to verse 4. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, so that when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. These four men finally get this paralytic to where Jesus is. No doubt by now they're tired. No doubt they are weary. Perhaps they are even exhausted. And when they get there, they discover house is packed full of people and they can't even get their friend in the door they've come all this way they put out all this energy and they can't even get their friend in the house where Jesus is what are they going to do? Are they going to give up? Are they going to get angry? Are they going to turn on one another? Are they going to find the leader that initiated this in the beginning and give him the what for? No. No. No, they did not give up. Oh, oh, they were determined. They were committed to their cause. Oh, Oh, they were willing to do whatever that they had to do. They were willing to do that for as long as it would take. Oh, they had their mind made up. They're going to get their friend into where Jesus is. And Jesus is going to heal him. And they're committed to it. And that's the way it's going to be. So they hoisted this paralytic up. Onto the roof of the house, they removed some of the roof. Talk about getting the attention of Jesus. <laughs> and probably the owner of the house. <laughs> hey, what are y'all doing? <laughs> I'm going to... Yeah, they said y'all. <laughs> what for art thou doing? Is that better? (laughs) Somebody's going to have to pay for this. (laughs) Told you I wasn't a rookie. They tied ropes onto the stretcher. They removed some of the, the tile from the roof. They lowered their friend, the paralytic, into the house where Jesus was. You see, total commitment was required on the part of these four men to get this man to Jesus and to get him healed. May I suggest this morning that commitment is always tested. Commitment is always tested. You can say you're committed all you want. You can sing about it. We talked about that last week. But friend commitment is always tested. It was with these four men and so it will be with us. And by the way, how is your commitment level? Remember what you committed to last year? At last year's missions convention? Did you run into some Financial roadblocks? Did you run into some difficulties along the way? Did you encounter some hindrances? Well, what were you thinking? Do you think that the devil is just going to sit around and let you do something great for God without throwing in some stumbling blocks, without setting up some detours? Two years ago, I issued a challenge. I called it Dream One Three Five. Amen. Our church, say our church, our church, our church would give one million dollars to missions. Say million. Amen. Our church would give one million dollars to missions, and this one million dollars would reach three million people. Three million people would go to heaven and not go to hell because of our million dollar investment in missions. And we would give that one million dollars over a period of five years. Therefore, dream one, three, five, one million dollars, three million souls in a period of five years. We have just finished year two of our five-year dream. In the past two years, we have given approximately $350,000 to missions. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. Amen. We're doing something great. $350,000 missions uh, dollars to missions in the last two years, 350 times three souls, that's a $1,000. 50 or something like that uh, are a million and fifty thousand souls that, that, that are going to go to heaven and not going to go to hell because of what we have done the last two years. It also means that we still have $650,000 to give in the next three years. But I believe we can do it. I believe we can do it. But friend, we will only do it. We will only do it if those of us who are still committed to it. It will only happen if those of us who are still committed to it will remain committed to it. And if those of you who have lost your commitment along the way will recommit And if those of you that have never committed to it will commit to it today. We're an Assemblies of God church. The Assemblies of God organization is the number one missions organization in the world. Bar none. Every 12 seconds somebody gets saved around the world as a direct Result of Assemblies of God missions. One out of every three people getting saved in the world every single day is due to Assemblies of God missions. How exciting how you and I are a part of something great. Worship team, get back in place very quickly and quietly this morning, please. I'm not done. Focus on me. Let's do something great. Let's not settle for the American dream. Let's be a part of God's dream. I want to make you a promise. I don't make a lot of promises, but I'm going to make you. A couple of promises today. I promise you. When you get to heaven. You won't regret even one single dollar. That you gave. To missions. And when you get to heaven. And when you hear Jesus say thank you. Huh? I, I thought I was going to say thank you to Jesus. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're going to bow before him and you're going to thank him oh, for what he did on the cross. You're going to thank him for his grace, his mercy. You're going to thank him that you're in heaven and not in hell. Yes, you're going to thank him. But I believe Jesus He's gonna thank you. And he's gonna thank me. He's gonna thank me for giving to missions. He's gonna thank the missionary for going. I believe it. Jesus. He's going to say, thank you, thank you. Because you gave and because you went, because of that, what I did on the cross was not in vain. And I promise you when people come to you from all over heaven and they say to you thank you for giving oh so that others could go and when they say to you because you gave and because they went I heard the gospel and I am here in heaven today I couldn't get to Jesus by myself the only way I got to Jesus was because you gave and because you went and because you gave and because you went I'm in heaven and I'm not in hell and thank you. And I promise you, you are going to look me up. Where's Benson? Where's Benson? Where's Pastor Benson? You are going to look me up. I promise You're going to look me up. And you're going to thank me for every dime I shook out of you for missions. (laughs) And I promise you, I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm going to say, I told you so. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine how these four guys must have felt? They're tired, they're weary, they're spent, they're worn. But their friend who they carried to Jesus, their friend who couldn't walk, their friend who couldn't work, their friend that needed help for everything in his life, they took him to Jesus. Can you imagine how they felt when this man got up off of, his, uh, off of the cot and he rolled it up and he threw it over his shoulder and he walked home. Can you imagine how they must have felt? <speaks> what, God. 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 what does it feel like to do something great? Can you imagine what it's going to feel like? When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Some of you are going to stand there with empty hands. No gift. He did everything for you. You did nothing for him. You thought, I did my duty. I showed up on Sunday morning. what's it going to feel like when we look all over heaven and see multiplied millions of people that we have never ever met didn't know their name didn't know anything about them but they're there partly because of us yeah, amen. can you imagine what it's going to feel like to see people, their eternal destiny, turned around. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's nothing wrong with driving a new car. There's nothing wrong with living in a nice home. There's nothing wrong with eating at the best steakhouse. But I want to tell you something that gets me more excited, more than a new car. And by the way, I just got mine cleaned up yesterday, and man, it looked like a new one. Woo! Amen. Think I'll keep it two more years. I can give more that way. I can do more that way. Amen. Amen. Let's do something great. And let's do it together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning all over this room? Stand with me, please. Father, I just pray today. God, that you will take the word of the Lord that has been shared today. God, I've been wanting to preach this every day this week. (laughs) Every day this week, man, I've been, why can't today be Sunday? I want to, because it's like a fire shut up in my bones. God, help us unite together to do something